Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And because we have so many stories this week, we're going to just jump right into the news. And I have the first story, and that is, it's a minor one, I would say, but it's that Pokemon Legends Arceus version 1.1.1 is now out. It's a small update with just a single fix, and the details from the release are that they fixed an issue where certain conditions would prevent players from obtaining the shiny charm, even if they met the requirements. After updating the game, players who experience this issue can obtain the shiny charm by speaking with Professor Laventon, Laventon inside Galaxy Hall in Jubilife Village, provided they meet the requirements. So none of this makes any sense to me, but <laughs> now that I have this game, I'm happy that this fix is, is there, I guess. It'll all make sense one day. <laughs> yeah, it'll all make sense in the future. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, Becca would be happy probably that this is sure. that this is there. Yeah. So, but from hoping, I'm hoping at some point I'll be starting this game. So then all of this will make sense. Yeah. Someday soon. You have quite the library of games you still want to play. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, it seems like Square Enix and the development team at Art Dink should be celebrating. <laughs> That's a funny name. Yeah, Art Dink. <laughs> Triangle Strategy has now sold over 1 million copies. Uh, they sold 800,000 copies worldwide and 20,000 in Japan and Asia. So that's that's pretty exciting considering it came out pretty recently. So um, yeah, congratulations. Uh, to celebrate the announcement uh, on Twitter, they published some artwork of Anna Pascal. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah, it's funny because I do see a lot of my friends on Switch playing this. So yeah. while I have no intentions of getting it, even though I do like this style of game, I never got into Octopath, and uh, you know this is more of that. And I just I have too many long games to play, and I just can't. Yeah, speaking add of Arceus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I'm still playing Fire Emblem. You know, if that's any indication, you'll be how playing that for probably the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but it, it, that's what it took me for Witcher. It's just, yeah. you know, there's just not enough time. But yeah, I think that this one's doing really well. It's got fantastic reviews. I mean, the style and the gameplay looks amazing. It's just mm -hmm. for not for me, just because I just don't have the time to jump into it. But I'm yeah. I'm happy to see that it's doing so well. And I want to see this this art style apply to more games because I mm -hmm. just love it so much. Yeah, it's cool. Now, speaking of minor updates, we have three Sega Genesis games that have been added to the NSO expansion pack. The latest additions include Light Crusader, Super Fantasy Zone, and Alien Soldier. Now, if you're not familiar with these, Alien Soldier, Alien Soldier takes on say. the role. Of, <laughs> yeah, you take on the role of a bird man with steel wings in his fight against 25 bosses. It's a challenging game. You're going to kind of just keep going at it. Super Fantasy Zone has you powering up the ever-appealing Opa Opa across eight colorful planets. And in Light Crusader, also from the same people that did Alien Soldier, let nobility light your way through a lovingly crafted action RPG. So, I mean, I, I like RPGs. I don't know if I'd ever go back to play these. You do have to have the online uh, expansion pack to play any of the Sega Genesis stuff. But... If you're a fan of these games, now you're excited to see that they're coming to NSO. Yeah, I'm curious to see if any of these titles were any of the titles were like, yep, that's it. I'll finally, finally, <laughs> finally get the, the expansion pack. Yeah. 
I, I highly doubt it, but I have heard from when I was putting together some of these lists that I saw people were happy with these games. I guess some of them are pretty decent. So it's not that there are bad games coming to it. They're just nothing to me. So that's yeah. like, you know, yeah. if I'm not being drawn in by seeing, I don't know, Ocarina of Time on there, then I, I couldn't really care. Alien about. Soldier probably won't do it for you then either. Yeah. yeah Alien yeah. Soldier probably ain't going to do it. <laughs> no. So moving on into our next story, it seems that Hogwarts Legacy is officially coming to the Nintendo Switch. After Sony's State of Play PlayStation 5 showcase, the actual Nintendo Switch logo appeared on the website. It's listed in the FAQ where they're asking like what platforms will Hogwarts Legacy be on. Amazon has uploaded game box art. So it's, I'm, it's crazy that this is even coming to the Switch. So um, this is pretty exciting because it does seem like it's going to be a pretty intense game, like pretty large. And that is coming this holiday. So holiday 2022. Yeah, this was pretty impressive game. I probably would not buy this on the Switch. I'm still skeptical whether or not this is going to be cloud. I know that people are assuming because Amazon uploaded the game art that it will be physical, but I would... I would not be surprised if Amazon has the case and then there's some sort of code inside to buy the digital version, mm -hmm. you know, the cloud version. I don't know. I mean, I hate when they do that, but it wouldn't be the first time that you buy a physical case and have a code to buy a digital game. Yeah. And I just don't understand how, uh, you know, they were able to make this um, fit and work and play well on a switch when i was watching the the trailer it seems very i mean it's a large game they they got the witcher you know the witcher is a huge yeah. huge game and that and that plays very very well so i guess it is possible but it's just very impressive if they do manage to get this to run physical copy natively on the switch it will mm -hmm. be very so that being said, I am extremely excited for Hogwarts Legacy. I loved what I saw of the trailer. It has so much to do, so much going on in it. There's, there's, uh, you know, the the obviously the spells and the battle system, but then there's also these, um, like gathering and crafting elements where you're mm -hmm. making potions. There's this part where you can go and you can kind of work on building out a home and store things there. There's the flying and Quidditch. There's just mini games galore. It just seems very, very in-depth, very um, exciting to be able to jump into this game. I am I am looking forward to this. So the fact that it's coming out 2022, I'm excited about that. And I would probably, I mean, if, if I see that it's doing well on the Switch, I would definitely snag it there because it's so big. It would be a perfect game to play on the Switch because you can go anywhere with it. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I'm going to be playing this on my Xbox just because I think I want it to look as pretty as possible. But if if the reviews come out and they're saying that it plays well on the Switch, I would do it. I just, I, I can't see how they're doing this as a physical game. I'm sure that there are going to be quite a few patches and updates <laughs> within yeah, the first maybe. couple of months. Yeah, um, at least yeah. for the Switch version. I mean, there always is no matter what console it's on, but the Switch always seems to need a little extra help. So we'll see, but it definitely looks cool. Yeah, pretty yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. 
Now, it seems like sneaky, sneaky Nintendo has been at it again. A Twitter user discovered a patent that Nintendo made in July of last year, which was then published in early January. They basically filed a patent for a new controller that doesn't look unlike the top half of an N64 controller. So there's other than that, there's really not much to it. The controller itself is extremely simplistic in its design. It just mm-hmm. kind of has a D-pad and a few buttons on it. Uh, a lot of people are saying, well, what does this mean? And it, the truth of it is probably not a whole lot. That We already have a you know, N64-ish type controller for the Switch that is out. Maybe there was some sort of update to that and they needed to refile this pen. I'm not really sure, but it doesn't seem like these things tend to go anywhere. We had that really interesting uh, hinged Joy-Con pen that was filed back in 2019 that just never did anything. And I think that with their ideas and these concepts and before doing anything, you know, with them or maybe... They never will, but they file the patent just in case to kind of protect their ideas and their IPs and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't think this is going to go anywhere. It's just interesting that they file these things sort of, you know, out of nowhere and then people dig them up. But I guess that makes even more sense if they don't really plan on doing anything with it. Why would you make a big deal about a patent when, you know, it's it's probably just not going to do, not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that they're, like we see a lot of these controller patents and yeah. it's, I mean, they're always doing research and development, but ever all the patents we're seeing, it's not anything like too crazy different. It's not like this crazy wild idea that I don't know if I feel like if I ran a company and came up with this crazy wild, I'd be like, patent it, patent it, patent it, you know, go do it now. Um, Cause it's, it's a lot of paperwork to do that stuff. And I'm sure, I mean, Nintendo has their lawyers. And stuff well, they've got somebody it, but, that, that's their job, but even yeah. still, you know, it costs a lot of money and it's, it just Which seems they like this also stuff, have a lot of. Yes. But it, it's just weird to me that the stuff that they're patenting, it's not that crazy. Like, it just seems strange well, that that's what they would be patenting at this stage in the Switch's life, lifespan. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. like I said, I don't know if this necessarily has anything to do with the Switch. And that's yeah, one of the con- conversations you could have. That, that that may, just because they file a patent doesn't mean it has anything to do with the Switch. It could, in fact, be part of the next console whatever that may be but i just think that they do it largely because it protects them it's protecting yeah, it their butts you know, just in case whatever the cost of you know the filing and the hot people that are working on it is probably small in comparison to if they actually roll out a controller that everybody's able to love it but then gets knocked off mm-hmm well, moving on to our last story, Zelda Ocarina of Time has been nominated for the Video Game Hall of Fame. For the first year, Zelda's time-traveling adventure has been a finalist. Uh, the uh, original game earned itself a spot back in 2016, but the Strong National Museum of Play, which is based in New York, has brought in a handful of games every year since 2015 to be recognized in the Hall of Fame. Uh, 12 other nominees from this year is also Assassin's Creed, Candy Crush, DDR, Dance Dance Revolution, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, obviously, and then Microsoft Minesweeper, uh, Miss Pac-Man, NBA Jam, Parappa the Rapper, Resident Evil, Rogue, Sid Meier's Civ- Civilization, uh, and Words with Friends. So <laughs> hmm. just Word with Friends being on the list, Miss Pac-Man. It's just the, the other titles that are also being nominated. It's just kind of funny. It's such a weird mix. Yeah. Um, I now, mean, they're all heavy hitters. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
So as far as the write-up for Ocarina of Time, this is what The Strong has to say about it. It says, released for the Nintendo 64 gaming console in 1998, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time defined what a 3D action video game could be, influencing countless games that followed. The game's combination of storytelling, puzzle solving, and combat earned Ocarina of Time multiple Game of the Year awards in 1998. The game sold more than 7.6 million copies worldwide, and it continues to be recognized by players and critics alike as one of the best video games ever made. Uh, Yeah, so Nintendo has also historically done really well with inductees into this Hall of Fame. Last year, Animal Crossing earned a spot, and then other winners from the past include Super Mario Kart, Donkey Kong, Pokemon Red and Blue, The Legend of Zelda, and Super Mario Brothers. So, I mean, that would be cool if Ocarina of Time could be added to that list. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised Ocarina of Time isn't on the in the Hall of Fame, considering yeah. just how big of a game and how beloved the game is. So it's about time, you know, Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time, I would say, actually. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> but uh, compared to the other nominees, and I'm trying to think, like, what on here could steal it away? Now, there's... There's a lot of very strange games, but I could see Miss Pac-Man maybe taking Definitely. it. Yeah. Um, I think even Minesweeper, even though it's such a weird game. How is that I mean, not even in there yet? Yeah, that's, that's one wild. of those things where you would just kind of assume that Minesweeper is there. Mm-hmm. It's like the first game anybody probably ever played if they ever owned a computer. That um, or like words the with friends <laughs> was a huge yeah pinball too. Yeah. Words with friends, even though that's more um, you know, what was it in the probably the last five years, maybe a little longer now. But um yeah. that was a huge cultural shift. That's kind of like a Pokemon Go where it seemed like everybody was playing words with friends. Everybody was going crazy for it. I mean Sidmeyer Civilization. Too. All of those. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're all great nominations. Whether when I first was going down the list, I'm like, wow, the, a lot of these games are kind of silly, but it's just because I didn't play them. You know, Candy Crush, I never really got into. Yeah. Um, but Words with Friends, I maybe played a, occasionally. Minesweeper seems like kind of a weird one off the top of your head. But mm-hmm. then when you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah, well, the, it's more about the cultural significance of these yeah, games. You have to look to at it like you're curating a museum, not necessarily putting together a list of your favorite games. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think, uh, I do think Ocarina of Time is is up against some stiff competition. I really think that any one of these could, I mean, if Mats was on the podcast, he would be saying Dance PDR. Dance Revolution. Yeah. Because he was a huge <laughs> or a mind DDR. Yeah. He, was, he was a huge, huge DDR fan. So, mm-hmm. and probably still is. So I would say that he would probably maybe even want that in there. But a lot of great nominations. But then again, Nintendo has a lot of great games already mm-hmm. in it. So I see this one added and it would be my personal pick then again Civ is also a fantastic game that I yeah. love um, so that would maybe I, I don't think Assassin's Creed I couldn't even consider that especially not that one I, I think the, all the later ones were fantastic and I get that they want to go you know maybe to the source to the very first one but um, I don't think Assassin's Creed deserves it right well, now what, what groundbreaking thing did Assassin's Creed do in their games I, I don't know I yeah. think it's just more of like the idea of probably the stealth aspect, the oh. parkour, you know, style of it, the Maybe. gameplay mechanics of it would be my guess. The you historical know, stuff too. Yeah, maybe the historical aspect of it. I can't picture, you know, Assassin's Creed doing um, 
I mean, aside from the historical stuff, I'm not really sure why they would consider that to be a Hall of Fame nominee at the moment. I do think that the later games are huge. You know, people love Assassin's Creed series, but I'm just I'm just curious as to what in general that did that one. You know, it's not Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It's not Assassin's Creed 2. It's Assassin's Creed, the very first one. So I'm, I'm just curious to see. Uh, what the deal is there. But um, in general, a lot of great games. Yeah. I'm curious too, because this is such a long list. Like can only one make it into the museum or can like a few be picked off this list? I would guess one, but I don't really know. I don't, I, I honestly haven't been too up on my video game hall of fame. This is the first time (laughs) I've even heard of the strong national museum of play. I didn't, it's in New York. I want to check it out now. Like next time I go down. I, my guess is you nominate games and pick one. That would be kind of my take on it. That was my guess. But then it's like, I mean, if they're a museum, they could probably pick as many as they want, depending on their impact, right? Like different impacts they have. Like Words with Friends and Candy Crush were both like really popular mobile games. So I feel like those two are almost like neck and neck. So like for a mobile game category. Yeah. I I wonder if they have like categories that they want to fill. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, could be. yeah, because be. like we were saying, it's, it's hard to pick just one off this list to say this was culturally significant. I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll find out when mm-hmm. the winner or winners is announced. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that does it for our news this week. Let's move on to our top 10 bestsellers. In first place, kicking Arceus off the list, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe <laughs> made it into the top spot. In second, we have Super Mario 3D World. In third is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Fourth is Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Fifth, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Sixth is Cuphead Don't Deal with the Devil. Seventh is Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Eighth is Minecraft. Ninth, Triangle Strategy. And tenth, Mario Party Superstars. It's all of those Mario Day deals still coming coming back i mean mario kart had the dlc so i know a lot of people are probably jumping back Mm -hmm. into mario kart probably um, checking that out because of that i mean mario kart's never off the top 10 so i mean it's it's no surprise that it's moved up even higher but there was a big uh, indie sale this week too so like for the top 30 it was a lot of older games that were just making their way into the top 30 again i saw unpacking was there Mm -hmm. of course that went on sale after i bought it um Yeah, yeah, that always happens. That's how it goes. Well, that gets us into new releases we are into this week. And we only have one check that we're into. Both of us checked it. Yep. Yep. Both (laughs) of us checked it. You want to break that one down? Yeah, sure. So this game is called A Place Unwilling on sale for $12, regularly $15. It's coming out March 22nd. And this game has a branching narrative. Uh, adventure set in the final 21 days of a dying city. Every decision that you make shapes your surroundings and the city's fate. You can work as a trader. You have to socialize with all the really weird people in town. You explore the town freely and you have to basically play a role in the city's hierarchy. And do you save the city? Do you basically doom the city? It's up to you. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I, I th- when I was looking at this one, I was excited. This one kind of reminds me of a Professor Layton game. If you're familiar with those mm-hmm. games, you're familiar with the artwork of it. And that's kind of the vibe this game gives off. So I I like that a lot. Uh, $12 on sale seems like a great price. Even the $15 seems like a decent price for what they're doing here. So I had to give this one a check. But that was the only standout 
check-worthy game for me. Now, I will say, and we have to mention it, that on March 25th, Kirby and the Forgotten Land for $60 is coming out. And I know there's a billion people that cannot wait to play that, but unfortunately, it just did not get two checks from us because uh, not really Kirby fans. Yeah. I mean, obviously, people are really excited for this. It's made it into the top 10 just with pre-orders. So Yeah, pre-orders alone. Mm-hmm. That's pretty definitely good. A, definitely a fan favorite coming mm-hmm. out. But uh, So we had to make sure people were aware. And I'm sure most people that are in, excited for this are very Already aware know. that yeah. it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like counting they're down the days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show, what we're playing. Christina, what have you been playing? Uh, so I did buy Unpacking, like I said, and I've been playing that, and that is delightful. <laughs> okay. it's, it's a really good game to play before bed, um, but I will say like, it does get frustrating because you're very limited. Like When you open a box, there could be stuff at that accidentally made it in that box that belongs in another room. So it's not just one room you're unpacking. You're unpacking all these different life stages. So the first level is like just this little girl's bedroom. The second level is she's going to college. So it's um, the kitchen and the bedroom and her bathroom. And then she moves into an apartment, which is tricky because there's already people living there. So there's already other stuff there. You don't have a clean slate to unpack to. So it it gets trickier as you go. And now I'm on the level where she it's hard to figure out, but she is now married and I think they have a kid or it's a spare bedroom for her office it's it's hard for me to figure out but it's really interesting trying to like guess what life stage you're in and it's cool seeing like w- you can tell like when she traveled somewhere because she, she gets a little knickknack from like Paris she has a little Eiffel Tower statue and that That's always cool. makes its way throughout the different levels so you get to see like the stuff that she holds on to and the stuff that she gets rid of and it's just kind of cool like it's almost like a, a social experiment I feel like <laughs> mm-hmm. but no, yeah I like I'm that. liking That's it. exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, because this has been on my wish list as well, and it's something I've been wanting to play. I had a couple questions about it. So mm-hmm. I also have it on my Steam wish list. So I'm not sure which would be a better place to buy this game because it seems like it would be a good game with a mouse. Yes. Um, I, I will and- say that I think it's better for PC. There is some user interface stuff that's a little wonky. Like you can use your touch screen, but you mm-hmm. can't like zoom in the way you normally would. You have to use like the up button and the down button. Okay. On the left choice. So maybe maybe so, on a mouse with mouse and keyboard, this is a better experience because it so. definitely seems yeah. like that was what it was intended for. This I type think of game. so. Yeah, but I do think that you do get used to the controls by like maybe the third level, and then you don't really think about it too much. Um, mm-hmm. You just kind of get used to it, but it definitely it's not very intuitive when you first jump in. Okay, and mm-hmm. then so would you say? regardless of where you're picking it up is the $20 like a do you feel like you're at the end of the game do you feel like you're getting your money's worth I do mean you think it's a I've lot longer? already put in probably two and a half hours total maybe mm-hmm. um and I'm just making it to a house and I think that I do see there like so each love like each person I think is an album I'm only in the first album and I think there's three albums so I would okay. say it's definitely like time wise, it's definitely worth the money. But I would say because it is a little frustrating to play and switch at first, I would get it for sale on the switch, but pay full price if you wanted to get it on like PC. 
Or even get it because I know Steam constantly has sales too. Oh well, yeah, if you could it. get it for on sale on a Steam, sale definitely. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say it's a very slow-paced game. If you're not into like puzzle games or things like that, this isn't for you. This is a very mm-hmm. slow-paced kind of like checking things off the checklist kind of game. So yeah. yeah. No, I, I I like what I've seen of mm-hmm. this. I like the. I mean, the one downside is if I get it on Steam, then obviously I'm not playing it before bed. You know, which this does seem yeah. like a good game to play when you're trying to go to sleep. Or like bundled um, up on the couch. So you have like a, a TV show on in the background. The music in this game is pretty cute, too. And I've <laughs> seen that there's a lot of really nice sort of sound design because you can mm-hmm. click things like you can you can pick up. I've seen that you could pick up like the piggy bank and shake it and it makes the mm-hmm. clanging sound of the <laughs> stuff like each. It's just not picking up and dropping things. There's experiences that you're having tactile experiences. Yeah, they have like so little good. stickers you can get along the way. And those are like the little achievements. I accidentally hmm. put the woman's straightener like I just put it in the sink just to set it down somewhere and then I could like put it somewhere else after. And I got hmm. like an electrocution sticker. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so there's like little tiny Easter eggs like that. And like you can go and see like for each level, there's like a page of stickers you can get and you can see which ones you didn't get. It doesn't tell you what you didn't get, but you see like an outline of it. And then you can be like, what mm-hmm. the heck is that? Yeah. So it's it's cute. It's It feels like a very thought through indie game. So cool. Yeah. I like it. I also downloaded the Moonlighter demo and I've been slowly going through that because what i'll do is i'll play a little bit of that and then i'll jump back into unpacking just because mm-hmm. my time has been a little stretched um but so far i like i mean i made it through the dungeon i just got into um the shop area of the demo mm-hmm. so like learning how to do all the stuff in the shop and sell goods sell all your dungeon goodies <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i would say that's that's pretty much the main part of the game. The, mm-hmm. It seems like going through and building those relationships and building out your shop is is all key parts of the game. Mm-hmm. And so far, it's cute. I like um, the fact, like, I don't love the fact that it's not voiceover because I do have to read everything, but I do like the sound that they have for it. It's just a pleasant experience. It's not like you're just staring at a screen reading it. There's like little sounds that go with it and stuff like that. And I liked that. Yeah. 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 They do a really nice job. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that gets to me. I've been playing Voice of Cards. I actually beat it. So that was that was fun. I knew I was I'm I'm happy I went and beat it uh, off stream because it was much more. There was much more time involved than I was expecting it to Mm. be. I thought it was actually going to be I kept hearing, oh, it only takes, you know, 12 hours to be and blah, blah, blah. And it's. I think it was at least 15 hours for me to beat it. Mm-hmm. And I I went through as much as I possibly could. I went I flipped every single card in the game. I've spilled you left no stone unturned. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> no card unturned. Yeah. Um I spoke with every single person that I could and felt like, you know, I got almost everything. I think there were some cards that I didn't discover um, I, uh, which I don't know how, but I think there were some things, some items that I didn't collect, which maybe because you you collect them once you buy them or pick them up. So I may have seen something. It was just like, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't use you that don't spell. That, or yeah. I don't need that. So I just never bought it, which means I just didn't collect the card. Um, and there were a handful of, uh, you pick up these these mystery cards that are just it has a one, two, up to ten, and they're just beautiful gold you know, gilded cards, but they don't 
do anything. There's there's no technical. There's like there's no nothing to them. You're just collecting them. And apparently, when you get all ten of them, you get an additional ending possibility. And oh. so so as you there's four possible endings to the game, three of which you have access to. I. I believe by just playing the game. The last one, it seems you need all 10 cards to have the the good ending. Um it hmm. other than that, you just kind of get this this not great ending. It seems like unless you collect all these cards, you're gonna have sort of a lackluster, uh, not so good ending. And I don't know if I care enough to go by. I will say that this was a lot like Battle Chasers, where I absolutely loved the charm of the game initially. But then once it got grind heavy, uh, I just kind of started falling off quick where I was just like, Mm -hmm. all right, this is literally the same motion over and over and over again. And I just kind of lost interest and just wanted to get through. I liked the story, but there was such small elements of story in between so many battles that I just sort of stopped caring. Um, I love the aesthetic of it. I love the everything about it. I do think that the card flipping and interaction between things uh, could be a little faster. I felt like the battles, part of the reason the battles got to be so much of a drag was because they were also so slow. I couldn't just be like, boop, 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 like, and just know what I wanted to do yeah. and make the moves and be done with the battle quickly. Everything kind of was a slog and you just kind of had to take the take it at the pace the game wanted to do it. And um, it, it just dragged it out. It really dragged it out and kind of killed it for me towards the end. I would say out of five, I give it maybe a 3.5 because I think there's so okay. many great things about it. I think that the dungeon master who does all the voiceover does a fantastic job. I think the music is nice, even though it's very limited. There's like one song, but the music that plays interchangeably and kind of like over the world and stuff is all beautiful. The card design is beautiful. The overall style and mechanic. I mean, this looks like a card game, but it has nothing to do with cards. It's a it's an RPG game through and through that just happens to be played out through cards in mm-hmm. a style tabletop format but other than that i think it was about 15 15 and a half hours for me to get through it all i don't see myself going back to do the ultimate ending just because it's like all right i'm moving on to another game a lot of grinding yeah there was a lot of grinding and there was parts where it was really aggravating grinding where you're just trying to make your way through you know the mausoleum and they had spots where this was towards the end game where you had to battle these these I mean, the game was never challenging. I don't think I I would lose a character here and there, but I never lost. Like I never lost a battle. Yeah. It was not challenging at all. And you can't change the difficulty. You just kind of keep hmm. on trucking. Um, I was max level all my characters. Cause like I said, I never I I fought everything. So by the time I got to the last part of the game, I was maxed out on all my stats. All my levels were maxed out. And I will say that the 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 annoying parts where there were these battles where you had to kind of push your way through these sort of guards and in between those battles those were pretty frequent but in between those are random battles that would pop up like if you're familiar with dragon quest or any of those types of or earlier pokemon games where they just constantly battle randomly uh that would keep happening so it was every 10 you know feet i was in another battle and it was just like this is getting to be painful yeah how long it's taken me to make progress and i don't know if they do that just to slow the game down or they felt i mean if you can see that my stats are maxed out 
can you just let me go? Like nothing is a challenge. I'm not fighting. Yeah. I'm just wasting time. I'm I'm OP at this point. So it, it got to be a lot and it did ruin it for me towards the end of the game. But I would say the first third of the game was extremely enjoyable because you're kind of figuring it all out and getting into the story. And then the last third was sort of kind of balanced out the enjoyment from the first third where you're just kind mm-hmm. of like, all right. I just want this over. Um, but yeah, I was able to finish it. And overall, 3.5, not terrible, but it, uh, you know, not, it not didn't great. end on a high note like yeah. I was hoping. Uh, the story was interesting, but it was almost like you could never. And one of the things I don't like about the game is even though you would make your choices, uh, you never had. Uh, it's like, you know, you you find a fallen person on the road and you can either kick them or take their money or give them medicine. I'm like, well, let me give them medicine. Well, you go to give them medicine and think otherwise and kick them in the head instead. It was like, what the hell is this game? Like you never had an option. It's like a fake option. It was kind of like fake options. Every time you thought you were doing something well or doing like the right move or Mm -hmm. trying to certain type of character the game was like uh nope this is really what we want you to do so you know your main character is always kind of fixated on money and just sort of doing what they got to do to get more money and they're kind of a jerk and so you make choices to counter that to have growth and to change your character and not be that way and it kind of always had a way of veering you back to the path they wanted you on and it was it was a little frustrating because it's just like i how do you twist help somebody with you know kicking them or robbing them or fighting them or like there was a little by little the character progression did happen but it was just sort of weird the way those choices played out a lot of times you thought you were doing x and you end up getting y when you were streaming too there was this one story where it was like you were helping this woman and then it turns out like she was bad She's yeah, like yeah. Selling pies with her husband in it or something. Like it was Well, I mean, that's weird, part of like, the funny, weird, dark twist of the game. Yeah, so I get that. But also of- it's like what I'm saying is is they don't give you enough information to help you make a choice. They like almost force you to make a choice because obviously you want to select the good one. You want to be the good guy, most most likely. And then they go like, ha ha, got you. She's actually bad. Like Yeah, she actually killed like, her family okay. type thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like like give me a little more information don't trick me into like that's what i don't like i don't like being tricked yeah and most yeah. of these story elements so you you get these characters so you meet like in your in your example you meet this this she was like card elderly woman or something like that mm-hmm. so on the front it says this woman has lost her husband or you know is now single and homeless and and and, and yada, hard yada. up and living a hard life mm-hmm. whatever so you meet her a few times and then the card you get the you unlock the ability to have the flip side of the card which is the continuation of the story and then you come out that the, you you know you flip the card you find out that the woman was battered and abused and she killed the husband and put him in pie so it's kind of like that's how the game plays it has this dark thread through everything and yeah it's very it, it, the, there are some interesting elements to it that are like that but yes a lot of the times the choices you think you're making ultimately don't really go the way you are hoping i in the end of the game you have an option of you know who do you want to help or save or whatever and I logically was like, okay, well, I need to get to this. I need this thing. So I'm going to make a choice to do this. It's not the choice I necessarily want, but in my mind, 
that step makes sense in this grand scheme of things. So you make that choice, but of course the game just kind of like gives you the big middle finger and you're just kind of like, okay, well, that's not Did you ever really have a choice? Like, yeah. yeah. And and I can get into that at some point um, because it's a spoiler for the game. So I don't want to end the game with giving the spoiler away but yeah. um, maybe on like stream you can talk about it too yeah yeah there's some weird there's some weird choices that happen but overall 3.5 um i would say absolutely play the demo i think the art style is fantastic there is a, uh, another game out in the series that i would probably play at some point when it goes on sale you're not gonna jump on it, though. it no i won't buy it anytime soon yeah. i want to play other stuff uh, and the way that this got to be such a drag I, towards the end, I'm just not that interested in getting back right into it anytime soon. Mm, yeah, maybe in the future, if you ever miss the the ambiance of voice of cards, you can get the, <laughs> the next one. Well, I mean, I will say, you know, much like unpacking, it's a fantastic game for falling asleep to because yeah. you just are doing well, the same. I was falling same... asleep to it watching you stream it. <laughs> I was falling asleep while I was streaming it. So, I mean, it's definitely a game. And and many times I fell asleep while playing it in bed and it would like my switch would smack me in the head. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to go to bed because I'm just falling asleep trying to play this thing. You wake up with um, like a D-pad mark just like stuck in your face. like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole D-pad circles. <laughs> uh, there's a joke in there. Oh, no. Family friendly. Jeez, yeah, family Michael. friendly. Um, well... <sighs> Before we get to the sign off, uh, I do want to make an announcement that both Christina and I have been talking and we decided that the next episode, our episode 200, will be the last episode for Nintendo Dispatch. I know that that's probably sad for a lot of people, but we've been doing this for a very long time and we thought episode 200 is a great way to end it all. Now we know that we are technically over 200 because we had bonus rounds and little add-ons and things, but weekly of episodes. The, of the weekly numbered episodes, this will be our 200th episode next week and I think both of us want to end it on a high note and go off to other things. I know that we have discussed continuing to stream, maybe changing that format a little bit as far as games that we do stream. Do we stick with Nintendo? Do we start branching out and do other consoles as well? But we will be around in that arena anyway, because we do really enjoy streaming when we can. And I know for me personally, the time that I free up from you know, editing and things like that. Maybe an hour or two on a Sunday where I get to stream a little bit more. But yeah, we had a blast doing this. I think we were on our fifth or fourth, fourth year, fifth year. I don't even know anymore. I'd have to go back to the original what is start time? date. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but it's been a long time. I know we started when the switch came out and the switch is now yeah. five. So, I mean, it's been at least four and a half years since we started the podcast and uh, we've decided we, we ran our course, we've done our thing and we're going to, we're going to put it to rest at episode 200. So hopefully not everybody's too bummed out or upset or sad at a, you know about our decision. We feel very happy with it and uh I think it was a it was an excellent run and we had a blast mm-hmm. while we did it. So and you'll always be able to see us while we stream. So yeah. it won't be too bad. If you now miss for, us, we'll be on Twitch. 
we'll be there sometime. Yeah, exactly. Now, for that 200th episode, we are going to do it a little bit different. We're not going to go through all the notes and the the, the, the stories and, of the week yeah. and yeah, and all that crap. We wanted to talk about some of our favorite things. We wanted to talk about like uh, you know our thoughts our thoughts on the Nintendo Switch. Maybe what we'd like to see coming from Nintendo in the future, whether it's movies and games and and amusement parks and all that kind of stuff. Just want to have conversation for. The next episode, we want to talk about some of our favorite games that we love so much. And we would love if anybody has favorite moments or things that stood out to them that they want to talk to us about or want us to mention on the podcast. Or maybe you have weird podcast questions. How do we record? How do we do our notes? Where do we get our information? All that. If you have any sort of questions or thoughts or memories from the last four-ish, five years, we would love to hear them. So put them in our Discord yes. or Discord, send us a tweet. Twitter, yeah. Yep. And we'll mention those and we'll have discussions about those during the episode, the final episode. Mm-hmm. Now, like we said, we do our typical sign off as always. And if you would like to write to us while well, you still can, you can go to <laughs> NintendoDispatch.com, hit the contact button. If you'd like to watch us, we're going to still be on Twitch. We're going to be at twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. If you want to chat with us, you go to our Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or our Discord. And the information for that is on our website. So thank you so much for listening. And this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.